The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Help. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 209 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is multiple sclerosis, family conversations about care. Multiple sclerosis, which more and more people uh, refer to as MS, which is what we're going to do here. Now, MS damages the nerves and interferes with the communications between the brain and the muscles. MS has no cure and its cause is unknown. MS is associated with challenges, real challenges, such as loss of the ability to walk or to speak clearly, muscle stiffness or spasms, paralysis, especially in the legs, problems with bladder, bowel or sexual function, forgetfulness, difficulties concentrating, depression, and seizures. Now, that's not to say everybody with MS gets all of those things, but those things have been or are observed from time to time with MS. Now, MS is helped by treatment which aims to manage symptoms and reduce the progress of MS. And MS involves family caregivers whose support is so often crucial in enabling family members with MS to lead happy, productive, and communicative lives despite the challenges of MS, which is why our topic today, multiple sclerosis, family conversations about care, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. Uh, Anne is a social worker uh, with a Bachelor of Science degree from Montana State University. For the past 20 years, she's been the manager of the Lethbridge and District Chapter of the MS Society of Canada, She's developed programs that include support groups for people and young adults with MS, for people involved with chronic cerebrospinal venous insufficiency, for individual family caregivers, that is, as individuals rather than as groups, for friendly visiting to persons with MS who live in long-term care, for active living for persons with disabilities, And she's in the process of developing a program for teens with MS. Since joining the MS Society, MS has entered Anne's personal life, touching members of her extended family. Noreen has been family caregiver to her husband, Bill, since he was diagnosed in 1969 with MS, which has progressed significantly over time. They are very supportive of each other, and the family works and worked around the challenges of MS, though caring proved difficult at times. 
Noreen, she was the breadwinner in the family when she worked as an elementary school administrative assistant until she retired several years ago. She raised two children and at times acted as mother and father. The family faced financial dilemmas such as paying for the children's university education as well as home renovations and vehicle modifications for her husband and she's an active volunteer at the MS Society of Canada. So, welcome to the show, Anne and Noreen. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'd like to start with Anne first. Please tell us more about your personal story and your professional career. Well, as you mentioned, actually it has now been 23 years that I've been with the MS Society of Canada, Lethbridge and District Chapter, and as you mentioned, MS has entered my family. Uh, one of the questions was, was I devastated when I learned a family member's diagnosis? And it was like, no, I'm not. And they're going, well, why not? And I said, well, maybe it's because I've been working with people with MS for years. It's not, in most cases, life-threatening. Very rarely is it life-threatening. And it's a case of being educated takes away the fear of the unknown. And I find that no matter where I go, everyone I talk to knows someone who knows someone living with MS. And so it's normal. Noreen, please tell us more about your personal story as the family caregiver for your husband who himself lives with MS. Noreen? Uh, well, my husband, Bill, um, he has had MS for 43 years. Um, as you mentioned, we have two children. Uh, the oldest child was a month old uh, when Bill was first diagnosed. So I guess it's been a rather long journey for all of us. Um, Bill went on after that and worked for 13 more years, and then he had to eventually quit his job because his health declined. He's done really well over the years, I think mainly due to his determination and his optimism, and, of course, this has helped me along the way, too. He started off uh, using a cane, and he's now in a power wheelchair. Uh, he has complete use of his upper body, which, of course, is a real asset. Um, and after our children were born, I did go back to work. I uh, chose the an elementary school because I was hoping to get a school eventually close to home, which I did. This was a huge advantage because I was able to look after Bill and work at the same time, come home for lunches, this type of thing. Um, and I continued to work for the next 27 years till I retired, and that was six years ago. Um, and during this time, I think we just tried to live our lives as normal as we could and, and meet the challenges of MS. Anne, please tell us about the work generally of the MS Society of Canada and the priorities for that work. Okay, well, our, our mission for the MS Society is to be a leader in finding a cure for multiple sclerosis and enabling people affected by MS to enhance their quality of life. And although programs and services may vary across the nation, our core services are information and referral, our MS Society publications, booklets, and newsletters. We do research updates. We have lending libraries. We provide conferences and workshops for caregivers, for families with MS, for children, we provide various support and self-help groups. 
We have recreational and social programming. We do supportive counseling, and we have individual advocacy where we help people apply for um, income supports or um, help them through the appeal process if necessary, and then uh, special financial assistance. Noreen, please tell us about the services provided by the MS Society of Canada for family caregivers. Um, because we mentioned in the introduction of you that you are a volunteer for the MS Society, so it's in that role that I'd like to ask you that question. Noreen? Uh, well, the MS Society um, has a very informative website that uh, just has a wealth of information on there, and there's a lot on there for caregivers. Um, they have a caregiver network that you can actually register for online, and they also have an MS newsletter online uh, caring for the caregiver. Um, and it's got information and resources for the caregivers for all across Canada. Uh, more personally, the Emma Society helped us start a caregiver support group. Uh, we've been meeting monthly now, and it's over 18 years, and it's still going strong to help us connect and share ideas and support each other. And uh, that's been, been very important to all of us. Now, I'm going to just go back into a little bit of history with Anne, and that's this, that about two years ago, Anne was a guest on my show, and she was talking with another family caregiver, discussing what was then called the liberation therapy, um, which was being explored for its value for dealing with what were thought to be problems in the veins of the brain. Now, just very quickly, Anne, Anne, please could you bring us up to date on the state of that research and the conclusions that you as an organization have come to about the research? Certainly. Um, the MS Society certainly shares in the disappointment that many Canada, um, Canadians living with MS have regarding research to date that is reflecting, it reflects that there's no connection between CCSVI and MS, and we share that frustration from those recent, um, the recent findings. We do understand that some people living with MS want more answers about CCSVI, and we continue to fund the current Canadian CCSVI clinical trials. So the jury is still out totally, but it, uh, we're still looking forward to what the research will show. Noreen, did you, two years ago, you and your husband consider that treatment, the liberation therapy? Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, the reason being my husband has had MS for so long, and he's really done quite well um, considering the length of time he's had it. Uh, it was still in the experimental stages, and we thought we would see what uh, what the outcome was over the years, and uh, so we decided not to look into that any further. Noreen, this is a follow-up question, but of a, slight, a somewhat different nature. <clears throat> you, you've alerted us to the very hopeful message that your husband has done extremely well, and that's superb news. And Anne also has made the point that we're not talking about something when we talk about MS that's hopeless. It isn't hopeless at all. Um, now, what I would like to just ask you is a little bit of a loaded question, Noreen. 
In your own assessment, how much of the success that you and your husband have enjoyed in, in meeting the challenges and overcoming the challenges is really due to your work, your support as the family caregiver? Noreen? Um, well, that, uh, that's sort of hard to answer. Um, I think it, it's been a team effort on both our parts all the way through. Uh, we've tried to sort of keep our life as, as uh, normal as we can, do the things that we really enjoy and want to do, and we've still been able to do a lot of things together. And uh, so I, I think it's sort of been a joint effort to move forward as, as we can as a team. And uh, I, I think that, doing, and, and we've been fortunate that his health has stayed fairly stable, and uh, we've been able to do that. Great. Now, we're going to come back to questions of quality of life and those kinds of things uh, in the next segment. But right now, it's time for the break. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate change succeed if you think you've seen online tv before let us surprise you voiceamerica.tv is online now the leader in live internet talk radio has done it again multiple channels a state-of-the-art viewing experience live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day it's exactly what you want when you want it voiceamerica.tv from health and wellness to business sports and everything in between discover our new world visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television voiceamerica.tv We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. Our topic is multiple sclerosis, family conversations about care. Let's talk about the challenges to quality of life for people living with MS, their family caregivers and their families. So, Anne, question for you. Please highlight the most challenging of the challenges to quality of life for people who are living with MS. There are a few, but I think, um, as you mentioned, all of the symptoms with MS, one of the 
challenges with that is dealing with the symptoms that are invisible, like fatigue and lack of energy. Those are very debilitating symptoms. Another challenge is the cost of living with MS is very high. Many of our members and clients living with MS are between the ages of 18 and 65 and thus fall through the cracks for government programs that are offered to children or to seniors over 65. That can lead to the further um, issue of income support and qualifying for help because of the age. And then many people living with MS, because they're unable to continue working, they will feel a loss of identity, feeling unproductive, and feeling that they're not contributing to society and to the family. Noreen, please highlight for us the most challenging of the challenges to quality of life for family caregivers of people living with MS. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is to try to fulfill the hopes and dreams that we've sort of had for our lives. And, um, you know, when I look back now, uh, when we got married, we wanted a home and children and spend time with our family and maybe have a vacation and travel. And, and you know, we've been able to do those things. Um, we just have to do them differently. Um, we, we actually had a cottage that Bill uh, is, is able to go to. Um, we even managed with the help of family and friends to take him to Alaska. That had always been a dream of his. So we've been able to do most of the things that, that uh, a regular family can do. It's just taken more planning. Uh, we have to be a little more proactive. And you have to ask for and receive help along the way, and we've been very, very fortunate in getting that. And please highlight the most challenging of the challenges to quality of life for families of people uh, living with MS. That is, families generally, uh, in addition to family caregivers, who Noreen was talking about. I think Noreen's response was excellent, and that's what that living one's life normally as possible is the key to meeting these challenges. I think that caregivers and family members suffer every bit as much as the person living with MS. They just suffer differently. And I, I see that they can get so wrapped up in their caregiving and balancing work, housework, and, and perhaps child-rearing that they, too, can have a sense of identity loss. And they'll often feel guilty because they're still able to do things when their loved one cannot. And, and, and I'll see that they tend to give up those things in order to deal with the guilt. Another challenge is keeping the relationship healthy and communicating. And I see that that's a priority that Noreen mentioned, too, is um, keeping things normal. I'll often see communication breakdowns as the person living with MS does not want to complain daily about their symptoms and the well spouse or caregiver does not want to share their stresses as they want to protect their loved ones. And sometimes that can become a vicious circle and actually drive the family apart. Noreen, please highlight for us the most challenging of the challenges to family caregivers in caring for themselves. Noreen? 
Um, well, I think the first challenge, of course, is to get time for yourself. Uh, you spend so much time uh, caring for the other person because their needs have to come first. They have priorities that have to be dealt with. And sometimes when you get all of those things done, there's no time or energy left for yourself, for your own needs. I think you really have to make a conscious effort uh, to put yourself first sometimes, uh, be it going out with friends or, or spending time with hobbies you enjoy. And I think arranging for some kind of respite care so you can get away a day or a week or whatever, I think that that's really, really important. To go back to you, Anne, on this particular matter, the time, how much, do you have any sense of how long, how much time a family caregiver does spend in caring for a family member with MS? Do you have any sense of that? I, I don't have a sense of it, but, I mean, I don't have um, a measured sense of it. The sense that I have is I see caregivers as exhausted. And, you know, maybe not sleeping well. Sometimes they seem like they're carrying the stresses of the world on their shoulders. And it it truly is a lot of time. It's more time than you would spend in a relationship with both members being healthy. But it's like Noreen mentioned, the hope is in keeping things as normal as possible and working towards that and keeping balance in one's life. Right. Noreen, let's, uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the challenges to family caregivers. And in particular, if they feel they need respite or time off or that they're getting exhausted, do they get any sense that, of guilt that they might be letting their partner down or that they're not fulfilling their duties? Is that ever a challenge for family caregivers? Maureen? Oh. Yes, definitely. Uh, that's one word that comes up quite often with our caregiver support group is the word guilt. Um, you feel guilty if you're not doing enough, if you're not there. I think a lot of this guilt is um, trying to take some of the, the pressure off the person with the MS. Uh, you're healthy and they're not, so you try to do what you can for them. So guilt is a, is a very big word. And. What about the guilt? What's the way in which that you, th you see support being valuable in dealing with that problem of guilt that um, Noreen so, so clearly described? Well, I, I concur with Noreen. Guilt is probably the number one thing. And having caregivers meet others that are caregivers and to share their stories and their strengths and their hopes and to see that they're not out there all alone experiencing what they're experiencing. If they can share that, it's not a burden anymore. And it's, it's like um, Noreen said, it's keeping balance and it's keeping those activities alive and doing them to relieve one's own stress. And with that, as I mentioned before, it's communicating. And it's not, you know, I'm not doing this because I'm able and you're not. I'm doing this because I need it to relieve stress because it is a lot of work here. And I'm here because this is what I want. And this is our journey together. So just to go a little bit further into these things, um, the question of stress guilt and those sorts of things, um, Noreen, 
really read into the point about the exhaustion, being tired, being feeling that in one way you're not winning with the way with the challenges and that sort of thing. Well, what about that sort of feeling stressed to the point that you're exhausted? Is that a real phenomenon? Oh, definitely, yes. I think that's um, very true for any caregiver uh, because you sort of sometimes have to give more than you think you're capable of. Um, other times things may be going along smoothly and things never seem to arise at the most convenient time. So you just have to keep up with the, the pace and do what you have to do at that time. And I think sometimes that adds extra stress to the situation. Going to ask Anne, Another of my loaded questions, but as you both know, I'm a retired physician. And I'd like to ask you both this question, actually, but starting with Anne. Do you think that my profession, the medical profession, is sufficiently understanding of the challenges, the stresses, the guilt, um, the exhaustion, and those kinds of effects on family caregivers? And do you think the medical profession is up to speed on those things? You really are asking a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'd almost like to say, I I would like to say yes, but the reality is, is that physicians are undergoing their own personal stresses with their jobs in their patients and their everything that they're doing that sometimes I don't think they have the time or the luxury or the energy to look beyond the actual problem they're dealing with. And what, when you talk about guilt and stress and exhaustion, they're not looking at that. They're looking at the symptoms of MS or this kind of thing. They maybe don't have time to look at the whole picture. Noreen, what do you, what's been your experience with physicians generally? And do you think they are appreciative enough of the stresses and strains on family caregivers? Um, I can really only speak of my own family doctor, and uh, I'll say yes, she's very much in tune to the stress of, of caregivers and to our situation. She also knows my husband as well. And uh, when uh, when I have uh, my annual physical, I would say half of the conversation is how are things going and what can we do to help, and uh, she's very, very in tune with the stress. Is 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 it... Is that because she knows you and you know her as people rather than, forgive me, a patient and a doctor? Is, is there a people factor in that excellent relationship you've just described? Um, I believe so. It's a medical clinic that uh, I, I, I knew her father and the, the other general doctor in there uh, started the clinic and we were his patients for about 25 years. So uh, she does know the, the family history. I'm just going to say one quick comment about that before we, we, we go into the break, and that is I think that aspect of medical caring, I think there's a move in healthcare to value that more. It's not just a matter. Healthcare is important and surgery is important and medications are important and all the kind of treatments are important, no question. But also that, there's that question of caring and asking how are you not just how are your symptoms, but how are you doing as a person? And I think, Noreen, that's what I'm hearing from you. And Anne, I think I'm hearing from you that that kind of caring is important. It isn't just the physical 
aspects of the condition, not the medical, that kind of thing. It's also the caring part. Now, that's just me holding forth on something that I believe in very strongly. And so I'm not going to ask you one of my loaded questions about it. So instead, we'll go into the break. So this is Dr. Gordon Athlay, my guests are Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We will be back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, coming soon. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. Our topic is multiple sclerosis, family conversations about care. So I want to discuss you to discuss with us all the support that's needed to overcome the challenges to quality of life of people living with MS and their family caregivers. So starting with you, Anne, please, what's the Support is most needed by people with MS to help them overcome the most challenging of the challenges to their quality of life. Anne? I think persons living with MS need to meet others living with MS to share their experiences, strength, and hope, just like caregivers need to do the same. And I, I think they need to see that they're not alone and that there are others out there just like them. They need in order to meet others, they can attend MS Society events like support groups, the social and recreational programming, or they can participate in MS fundraising events as a volunteer, a participant, or an ambassador. And Noreen said this earlier, and I've said this a million times, they need to continue to do what they love to do. They just find ways to do it differently. 
they find workarounds, don't they? That is to say, yeah. Okay. Noreen, what's the support most needed by family caregivers of people living with MS to help their family members overcome the most challenging of the challenges to their quality of life? Well, I think as we mentioned before, uh, the most thing is to try to keep your life as normal as possible. Uh, do things other families do. Uh, go to school functions with the children or attend their sports events and go on holidays and outings. Um, I once asked my children what it was like growing up with a dad with MS, and, and their reply was it just seemed normal because they didn't know anything else. So um, we sort of did everything that other families did. We just had to plan a little more and just do it a little differently. But I think that was really important. Okay. Now, Anne, what advice do you have about conversations that people living with MS and their family caregivers have about care and support for overcoming the challenges they identify as the most challenging in their lives? So conversations. Anne, what's your advice? I think number one is keep your balance and educate yourself because education takes away the fear. Reach out to others who can be of support. Um, Approach the MS Society who offers programming for entire families, persons with MS, caregivers, and, and children whose parents are living with MS. And as Noreen mentioned earlier, too, I will also mention it's important to continue personal hobbies and activities to maintain that sense of self-identity. And these things that you're talking about, are they matters that you stress as important for the family caregiver, the family and the family member to actually talk about? The reason I'm asking you this question is that all these things we're talking about are crucially important, but sometimes people, ordinary people, normal human beings, there are things they don't really want to talk about very much, and that can, in life, become a problem. That we, we're not, we don't really talk about those kind of things in our family. So in that sense, first of all, and do the families with MS have difficulty over anything in their conversations? And if they do, what advice do you have? And if they don't, what in particular, what more can you say about the value of conversations? Anne? I'm having a hard time with this question, but I, I think what I'm understanding is what differences would families with MS have versus what families that don't have MS, and I think all families have the same issue that they have to deal with, whether it's MS is there or not, and that's communication. It's edu- Again, if there are issues, it's educating oneself and knowing, knowing what you're dealing with, and like I say, that takes away the fear, and that to, together, by talking about it, you can join forces. And two people are better than one in combating the journey. Right. Noreen, what advice do you have about conversations? Well, I think it's important to get as much information as you can uh, to find out what your options are. Then you have something to discuss 
and uh, find out what way you really want to go. Um, read everything you can. There's so much information online now that wasn't available uh, when my husband was diagnosed in 69. Um, and there's just so much out there now uh, with the MS website, and uh, it sends you on to other resources which you can look up. Um, and the uh, the community um, care centers help out as well as support groups. There's a lot of support groups on online now that are great places for conversations within themselves. Right. Now, I'm just going to share with you what I've learned from doing um, Family Caregivers Unite as a talk show, and that is that the very first reaction that many people have when they learn of a diagnosis that's alarming um, in a loved one is um, to feel alone. Um, they listen to what the physician is saying about the diagnosis, but their mind is racing, and they don't always remember, recall everything that the doctor was saying. And so that leads to the next thing, is that they need information. And you've both spoken about this, but they need information that is obviously trustworthy, but also information that they can understand and that's useful to them. And then the third thing that has come through to me as a result of these, these kinds of discussions is that they want to be in contact with others who are experiencing the things that or have experienced the things that they are going through right now, the things that they may go through in the future. And then what that leads to is some people um, are have that interest in, as it were, stopping, looking over the shoulders and seeing someone with a challenge of the kind that you're talking about, um, and then they reach out to them to give them a hand as these people start out on the road again. Now, that's a rather a long way of putting the point back to you both, and starting with Anne, and that's just simply this. This question of teamwork does involve conversations and communications, and... Am I right in saying this is something that you think in MS is, is particularly or necessary um, for that kind of happy, calm outcome that you both described? And It definitely is important. Um, having the conversation is what it's all about. I I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people walk in the door with deer in the headlights look, but they're often with their caregiving spouse, and they come in together, and my goal is to have them laughing by the time they leave. And part of that is educating, talking about that fear, talking about it together, and making sure that both people are getting their needs met. Both parties are getting their questions answered. There is the other side of the, the coin where um, the person with MS will get very educated about the disease 
get the booklets, take them home, and their spouse does not want to deal with it, is in denial, whatever. And that outcome isn't as good as the family that is working together. So, Noreen, this question of the family working together, it's obviously highly desirable. Um, The conversations that teams of people have when they are working together are really quite special to the individuals because they share what they view as challenges that another member of the family not, might not really have understood or necessarily taken much notice of. So that out of these conversations comes the question of what's actually important to the family caregiver, to the person, to the family. Noreen, um, this is another of my loaded questions, but do, do you actually agree with that idea that the understanding that a conversation creates is actually important to the teamwork of caring? Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, I think uh, like any verbal conversation, uh, the more you get into it, the more you uh, have a back-and-forth conversation. Um, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding MS and uh, the diagnosis. There's new things out there all the time. Um, it's quite interesting to have a dialogue, and uh, you learn so much, I think, from each other. I think that's, uh, and, and that's time well spent. You um, mentioned that you have a support group, and if I recall rightly, it's been in existence now for about 18 years. Yes. Are there lots of conversations that go on of the kind we're talking about within that support group, from one family caregiver, from one person with um, MS to another? Is, is conversation a feature of that group? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very much. Very much. And um, it, it's surprising, even though our husbands or spouses might be at all different stages of MS, uh, the number of things we share in common, the concerns, the fears, the what's ahead. Um, and, and that's why I believe this support group has been so helpful over the years, because as soon as you start to say something, somebody else understands exactly what you mean. Right. And that, I think, is part of that community that becomes that forms around these challenges and that also reads into the family and its conversations and that um, rapport and understanding that seems to be the the key to the kind of outcome that you're both describing so once again it's time for the break so we um, we have to pay the rent, you know. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please, please stay with us. We will be back. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. 
Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Anne Stewart and Noreen Thomason. Our topic is multiple sclerosis, family conversations about care. Now, I want to put you individually in the situation of a politician who's trying to have a conversation with an audience because you're trying to persuade the audience to elect you because you are going to introduce major changes in the way that care is provided, perhaps for healthcare as a whole, or certainly for multiple sclerosis. So in that sense, I want you to talk about the things that you intend to do and would like to see done by others to help people living with MS and their family caregivers receive the help that they most need in overcoming the challenges created by MS. And I also am going to ask you for your messages for family caregivers and family members. So, Anne, what more would you like to do and see done? I love your question. As a politician, I would love to see the government enhance the existing tax credits and deductions for caregivers and to recognize, to really understand and recognize the cost of MS in taking care of someone at home. The cost of MS is horrendous. I would like to see addressed um, the fact that some caregivers have to stop work and experience a loss of income in order to care for someone who needs their care. Um, this can compromise their future for their level of pension at retirement. Um, I would like to see the government recognize that many caregivers are not in the paid workforce, but they provide a service that benefits society as a whole. The bottom line is that the contribution of family caregivers is often at the expense of their own personal health and financial well-being. The other aspect that I would like to see happen is that um, a mechanism be out there for employers to be informed and educated about the emerging needs of their employees who are affected by MS. They need to increase their support from the workplace for extended leave benefits beyond employment insurance and perhaps part-time work arrangements to support the caregiver's role in caring for a family member. And for my message, 
that I would like to impart, I would like to say don't ever lose hope. There's lots of hope for people with MS, and the MS Society is committed to help you and your family. We are committed to develop programs and to share information that can support caregivers and people living with MS. We support MS research to find a cause and cure for MS. Caregivers have an important role in enabling people with MS to remain in their homes and communities. And caregivers, most often spouses, are integral to the health and wellness and well-being of people living with MS. The MS Society of Canada is there for you, and the door is always open. Okay, Noreen, what's your message? Um, But before you come to that, please say what more you would like to do and see done to help family caregivers and their family members get all the help they need and the help they need most. Noreen? Well, I would certainly like to see more flexibility in the workplace. Um, There has to be a better understanding between employers and the caregivers as to what their needs are. Um, They may just have to go home for... um, uh, take a day off to to take their spouse to an appointment or to resolve an issue at home. They don't need a, a longer time than that. It may just be the day, and uh, that would be all they would need. Um, now that's where it worked so well when I worked at home or worked at uh, I went to work because the uh, I did have that flexibility. I, I was close to home, and uh, I was able to go home for lunch, uh, schedule appointments for the end of the day. Not many people have this option. So, therefore, there should be a lot more flexibility in the workforce, too, so people can stay at work because often they are the main breadwinners and and have to work. Uh, The other thing, of course, that uh, I would like to see is is, uh, money go into home care. Um, I think that uh, um, most of the uh, spouses are, are actually happier themselves to be at home, and um, then I think that that works very efficiently if they can live in their home and get the uh, care there that they need. The other thing I would like to see is um, efficient agencies to deal with home care. We have a number in place now. We need professional people that will understand a particular situation and then put solutions in place to make that easier for everyone. What's your message? specifically, uh, Noreen, for family caregivers? Um, I guess, I guess the, it's because the nature of MS is always changing, and therefore your needs are always changing. You have to be proactive. You have to try and anticipate what's going to happen in the future and start looking at your options now because some of these um, things take quite a bit of time to put into place whether it's um, getting extra caregiving help for your home, home modifications, accessible vehicles, this type of thing. Um, and I think you really have to be realistic about what might be in your future and look into the needs of that now and be proactive in inquiring them. And I think most of all, you have to stay positive. Okay, quick response to both of you. Uh, I'd vote for you both. And I'm I know I'm being flippant, but I'm also being very serious, and that is what you both have just described is a formula, or if you like, a policy or a platform that is necessary in healthcare to enable 
what's already happening, and that is increasing reliance by government and by healthcare systems on family caregivers to keep looking after their family members at home. Uh, that's popular with governments and healthcare systems because it saves money. And in fact, some of the numbers about the extent of the subsidy that unpaid family caregivers provide to the healthcare system are really quite surprising in their size. So what you're both talking about is, I think, and this is how I as a member of your audience would interpret it, those two, I would say to myself, know what I'm going through. They've been there and done that. They're talking about things that I see as being necessary. They're talking about changes which the healthcare systems need to make and changes which are actually going to help the healthcare system as well as families and family caregivers who are struggling with not just MS but more generally with these conditions and there are a lot of them sadly that there is no cure for. We hope that research will find it, and research is important. But we also are researching care, the better way of looking, for better ways of looking after people, for better ways of supporting the, them when they're not in facilities. Because, as you both are very, very well aware, and you've said it, people want to live at home. But they want to live at home in such a way that their life is manageable, that they can have the workarounds, that they can have the support that they need to do what they're doing so well, and that is caring for their family members who need care. Now, I'm going to just, if you don't mind, just lecture you on something else, because, you know, I was once in uh, academia, and I'm inclined to lecture, and when I get going, well, you've already heard me. But I want to put a plea in. May I please urge you both, and this to use the term family caregiver so that everybody understands when we're talking about people, and I'm going to be personal, like Noreen and the people that Anne works with who are there in the home, who may be the sole breadwinner, who may be the one that's doing double duty at times as mother and father, the ones who are achieving that livable life, that happy life, that successful life for the person they're caring for, for their spouse, and also for the family, and also bringing that humanity to healthcare, which is so important. And I think that getting that message out to my, my profession, family caregivers are important to you, and doing Noreen as you have done, and that is establish a kind of working linkage so that the family caregiver in you is recognized by your family doctor as something that's part of the care. I think that's fundamentally important. So you too, as politicians, I'm going to stand up in the audience and say, talk about family caregivers because they're the ones we matter, that really matter. Now, on that point, I'll stop lecturing. Now, I want to say thank you to Anne and to Noreen for all that you've said and shared with us, your insights and your advice. And you are both in your ways working, working for a cause that's valuable, valuable beyond words. And I therefore say to you both, 
I wish you, on behalf of the audience and everybody, every success in your work. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Support for Grieving Children, Teens and Their Families. Please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.